Hi, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. And I trust that as we gather together around the Word of God, we become great friends of the faith. Our broadcast today is sponsored by two wonderful ladies, business women for the Lord, as it were, marketplace ministers. One is Kelly Shockey. If you have any real estate needs, maybe you're buying or selling or listing your home for sale, then Kelly is a wonderful Christian and can lead and guide you through this unbelievable process of buying or selling a home. And so I trust that you'll call her. She'll give you great advice and will help you through the whole step or steps. Her number is 443-955-2465. That's 443-955-2465. Give Kelly a call. Maybe you're relocating. Maybe you're buying or selling or just want to list your house for sale then she will be the one to call. Also, maybe you're going through some uh, difficult times and just need some encouragement, some godly advice. One of our, another young lady that sponsors us is Tina Boblitz with Light of Hope Counseling. And you can reach her at 410 210-245-4225, 410- 245-4225. Well, we're getting into the Word of God today, and usually, again, I like to play a little bit of music to encourage us, but today's passage is a little bit longer, so I'm going to dive right into the Word of God. We've been looking at the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We're now in chapters two and three. Chapter one was all about the glorified Jesus. Chapters two and three are the letters to the seven churches. Now, before you say, well, that doesn't interest me, listen carefully to this. This was Christ's teaching or Christ's message, rather, to seven literal local churches in Asia Minor, now the land of Turkey. They were in a circular postal route, beginning with Ephesus, going to Smyrna, going to Pergamos, Thyatira, etc. They are also seven divisions of church history. And this is not something that people are forcing it's something that you'll see in each one of the churches. Ephesus, the first century church. Smyrna, A.D. 100 to 300. Pergamus, when the church married the world under Constantine. We see that from era, the era of 300 to 500. And then the one that we're going to look at today is the church at Thyatira, the church of continual sacrifice, Thyatira. And that is the church age, we call it the dark ages, 
but from A.D. 500 to 1500. Then there is the Reformation Church, Sardis, 1500 to 1700. Then the Revival Church, 1700 to 1900, the Church of Philadelphia. Then finally, the church that we are seeing and experiencing in our culture and in our world, the Church of Laodicea, the lukewarm church. But I believe that in these last days, we can see both one revival church, one committed to the worship and word of God, and the other will be a lukewarm church. And so these are also seven types of attitudes of believers and some of them non-believers. Just because you attend a church does not make you a Christian. You must come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior and become a part of his church. So Thyatira, let's talk about that for a moment. We've looked at the other three churches. And then the next one in line is Thyatira, which means the castle of Thyatira. It was a small, thriving town, not as large as the other ones, 40 miles southeast of Pergamos. Alexander the Great was the one that founded this city, very rich in agriculture. And then it was famous for purple dye and purple garments. You remember when Lydia came to Christ in Acts 16? That's a significant um, image for your mind. Lydia, A, was a woman. B, was a seller of purple. She became a Christian, and I believe that she financed the ministry of Paul and Silas as she was a very wealthy woman. Well, as we get into the actual text now of chapter 2, verse 18 of the book of the Revelation, Christ, the Holy One, now speaks to the minister, the pastor of the church in Thyatira. Let's begin. And unto the angel, Agelos, the pastor, the minister of the church, the called out assembly in Thyatira, write, these things saith the Son of God. Now remember in other churches, Jesus was referred to as Son of Man, but this is a more powerful statement, I believe, as he is emphasizing the deity of Christ. He is the Son of God and God the Son. Some false cults, when you read the scriptures will call Jesus a son of God. No, he's the son of God. He's God the son. Who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire. Remember, we saw this in the glorified Jesus of chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. But this is to show the eyes that are truly angry about something. Our Lord is a great Lord of love, but he hates injustice. He hates immorality, not the people, but he hates those things that can destroy us. So his eyes are like unto a flame of fire, 
and his feet, speaking of judgment, like unto fine brass. Verse 19, we get a commendation from Christ, as we do in the other letters to the church. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience. So this was a hardworking church. This was a church that did a lot for the poor and the suffering and the struggling. I know your faith and your faithfulness. And I know your patience that's remaining under difficult circumstances. And thy works, it mentions it again. And the last to be more than the first. This, if we look back in church history of 500 to 1500, we see it has many similarities to the church at Rome. And we see the works, the charity, the service, the faith, the patience. And we see many um, denominations and sects of the Christian faith were real big about hospitals, taking care of the poor, and we actually applaud that because many wonderful institutions have been founded because of faith. Many of our universities that have now apostatized away from Christ began with roots of strong faith and Christianity. There were three things about the church, and I know this is not an entertaining type of teaching, but three things that many in the church will not address any longer, but they are three things that can really destroy our relationship with Christ. One is idolatry. Who or what are you worshiping? Immorality. How are you living your life? Are you trying to live a holy life or do you do things that that just would displease the Lord? And thirdly, an insubordinate attitude. That's we do our thing. We don't want any authority over us. And I'm talking particularly the authority of Christ. Notwithstanding, verse 20 says, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest thy woman, it's actually thy Jezebel, thy is put in there, Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. So here are those three things insubordination, immorality, and idolatry. Some feel that Jezebel was much like the Jezebel married to Ahab in the Old Testament, who was a very domineering woman and had somehow taken a forefront in the church, which is to be primarily male-led, women in the church do some of the most phenomenal things. They teach, they bless, they sing, they help, they do all of those things. And we're not going to get into that controversial subject, but 
hear this uh, Jezebel, and some thinks, think that it might have been the minister's wife. Or now she, it didn't say she was a prophetess, as she called herself one. And there she was now teaching beyond what the word of God taught, and she's teaching the servants that, hey, it's okay to commit fornication. It's okay to go to the uh, meat markets and buy things that have been sacrificed to idols. Today, there are many that um, are teaching and preaching in our churches that are leading people away from doing the right thing. And actually, perhaps by their lifestyles, every day we hear of, not every day, but how often do we hear of some minister, some evangelist, somebody that's unfaithful to their uh, wife or their husband, whatever the case may be. And here we have Jezebel who has kind of usurped church authority she sets herself up as a prophetess and she's now teaching that it's okay to commit fornication. Now, let me just tell you this, that that will really um, be a part of the understanding of this. I told you before, many in the church were su suffering poverty because the trade guilds of that day, we call them unions, were connected with idol worship and orgies and all kinds of horrible things. And so if you were a Christian, you were ostracized or you refused to be a part of the trade unions and their parties and their lifestyle. And because of that, many believers suffered and lost jobs or couldn't find work. Verse 21, our Lord is gracious though, and he calls us to repentance, to step away from these things. If you're listening to false teachers or false preachers or false evangelists or reading their materials, it's time to just put that away and pick up your scriptures. I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. God gave a second chance to this lady and to this church, and yet she would not repent. Behold, I will cast her into a bed. The teaching of immorality was uh, breaking the sanctity of the bed, which is for the married couple. And here the Lord says, oh, do you want a bed? then it'll be a bed of affliction. It says those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation. What you thought would be a bed for pleasure is now associated with pain because she just would not repent of this. Many times the consequences of the... um diseases and all that people get from living wrong, from living immorally. If you are a married person and you're just faithful to one another, the chances of you getting some kind of an STD, etc., are very, very rare. 
Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And so here we see that this woman Jezebel had usurped authority. Maybe that wasn't her name. It was just her ideals. And as we see that Lydia was a great woman, and we're not saying it's her, but she was a great woman that brought the gospel back to Thyatira. And sometimes what we do is we take something wonderful and beautiful and we worship it instead of the God that we're supposed to worship. That is seen many times when people worship Mary instead of Jesus. And Jesus wants us to worship him and he does not want us to worship Mary. And Mary would not want you to worship her. She would want you to worship the Lord Jesus. Verse 23, very strong words. I'll kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he that searcheth the reins and hearts and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. So there is a judgment day coming. There is a consequence for our sins. And I don't say that to be harsh or mean to you, but if you're playing with fire, if you're playing with a poisonous snake of sin, as it were, you need to step back and step away from that because it will harm you. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, because there was a remnant there, and there's a remnant listening to the sound of my voice, just be faithful to Jesus. It says, and as many as have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. So you're either following the word of God, or you're following the Worship of the evil one. Only worship the one and true and living God, manifest in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But that which you have already, hold fast. So as a believer, just stay true to Jesus. It says, till I come. He that overcometh, you need to conquer the world, the flesh, and the devil and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. There will be a reward for following the Lord, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I have received of my father. And I will give him the one that does triumph over evil in this world, and refuses to soil your garments, as it were, with sin and sinful lifestyles, the Lord says, I'll give to you the morning star. The morning star, I believe, is a reference to Christ himself. Nothing better than the presence of God, more precious than any uh, possessions you could have or any pleasure. Then it closes as it always does, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
This is a strong word today, and I realize that, and so just take the word of God. Sometimes it's sweet like honey, other times it's bitter, but the effects of the word of God will be sweetness to your soul. Do what the Lord commands us to do, and he will bless your life. You're listening without Christ? Pray this prayer with me. Out of a sincere heart, Lord, I repent of my sin, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior today in Jesus' name. And if you're a believer and you are perhaps insubordinate to the Lord, you're battling immorality or idolatry, repent of those things and return to the Lord with all your heart and he will bless you. This is Pastor Earl for the broadcast Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. You can reach us um, via email at charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. God bless you and we love you.